0: What's up, McConaheads? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Mark. And I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. What's up,
1: Johnny? What's up, Mark? Just just hanging. So today we're going to talk about Sex in the City and King of the Hill. Both of which were, were classics back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, but truth be told, I've never watched an episode through of either one. Well, King of the Hill takes place in middle-class America in Texas, I think. I think I think we, you know, we can speak on that. Okay. Yeah. And I have a, a grasp on the basics of what sex is, you know. That's uh, relatively important to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but well, then you have the city. You have the city, New York City. I don't know anything about New York City. Do you know anything about New York City, Johnny? It's tall, I think it stinks,
1: and uh, a lot of homeless people. Yeah. So if we take your um, mm-hmm. your mediocre understanding of sex um, and homeless people,
0: merge them together, mm-hmm. we have sex in the city. Well, I think maybe we should bring in an expert on New York City. Okay. What do you think? All right. I, I, that's fine with me. I thought we did fine, but all right. All right. Let, let's, let's, let's make the call. Uh... Hello? Hello? Amanda
2: hey who's this
0: Hey hey this is Mark is this Amanda the New York resident and expert it is hello welcome back to the show
2: Thanks I'm so happy to be here <laughs> I was trying to keep it together while you guys were talking that was um, <laughs> that was good. I kind I of so forgot.
1: I, I'm sorry I said it stinks. I didn't mean to oh. speak for you, city. There,
2: <laughs> <laughs> It does. It's okay. It does. It's okay. You forgot about rats. Um, oh. Uh, but yeah. I kind of Pizza forgot rat. that I'd be like uh, also a, a New York City expert. However, this episode doesn't take place there. But, you know, happy to oblige that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Is that
1: common? As someone who knows of Sex and the City, uh, is it common to take place out of the city?
2: No, it's rare. It's very rare for the show. Okay. Um, There, there. I would say I'm just trying to remember. There's uh, an early episode. God, I know this show really well. There's an early episode. They go to Connecticut for a baby shower. Uh, they do L.A. They do San Francisco in a later season, and they do Paris is the last season ever. Like the la- they split season six into two sections. This was around the time HBO was doing that when they split Sopranos into mm-hmm. two, like season six A and season six B. Right. Famously, the very last portion of Sex and City takes a good amount. A good amount of it takes place in Paris, like a couple episodes. So.
1: Yeah, this could be a dumb question, but was it filmed in Paris or did they it just was. do it? Like- was they had really? a lot of budget by then? <laughs> yeah, they had
2: by season six they had lots of HBO money. So, and okay. it's a it's okay. a beautiful season. She's in gowns like every like during the day she's like in a gown like it's very beautiful and very beautifully shot. And they had a ton of money, so good for them.
0: Yeah, well, I got to say, I I watched this entire season of Sex and the City. In preparation for this episode, and I am now—I did. It it took a week and a half, but I did it. Wow! And now I am a hardcore fan. Yes, I can't wait to go back just watch the whole thing. Isn't it so
2: nice to watch like a true thirty-minute show? Though you get through it so quick. Yes, it's nice. It's really nice. And season three. Season three is like really when they hit their stride and you have like some of the most important storyline things happening, like really important to the characters and like really meaty storylines happening in season three. So it's a good season to hook you because they've like hit their stride, but then there's some lots of big dramatic moments that will linger, like linger for the rest of the story, like all the way into the movies. These moments come from season three, come back. So, good season to, to engage you, for sure.
1: This this may be an unfair question, Amanda, but can you tell me what this show is about?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I can
0: tell you. <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, like, I
2: want to hear... What's wanna, the story arc here? <laughs> I want to hear Mark's version. It's
0: about, <laughs> it's about sex and the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's about four women and their sexual journeys and a New York City. Yeah. That would be my my little one-sentence overview.
2: Yeah. It's about being single in your 30s in the city. And the show starts off, like, season one, when you go back and watch season one, it's very gritty. The book was very gritty. It was a little bit more about sex. And then by the time you get to season six, it's a lot about, like, love and self-discovery. And then you get to the movies, and it gets a little dorky. So, a lot of <laughs> hardcore fans don't love the like arc because it gets it gets too sweet and a little bit too like keen on itself where it started as something very raw and true and it like goes mm-hmm. it's like anything it starts to get glossy, they start to get money, the actors are more and more famous and it loses like its edge a little bit. But it I it's definitely about sex, it's being single and it's about being a woman in your 30s, which I think now is less shocking to make a show right. about 30-year-old 30, 30 single women.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I
2: think in the late 90s was like, oh my God, they're 30 and they're single and they're running around the city. This is wild. What a wild life.
1: Well, now we have The Golden Bachelor, right? Like, that's wild.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's... There was something about it too for women where each of the four characters they have their own journey and their own bent and like their own personality and that was a big thing for the show like people wore t-shirts that said I'm a Carrie, I'm a Samantha. Mm. So it gave an opportunity for people to identify with a character. There is a whole book about this show's impact on society. But what? Written oh. by one of my former instructors, actually, she wrote a book on Sex and City and she wrote a book on Seinfeld about like their impact on culture. Um, I highly recommend, well, both of them, but the Sex and the City one's great because it really was a pivotal show for a lot of people at that particular time.
1: I, I'm a little, not butthurt, maybe heart hurt, right? <laughs> that um, that no, no book was written about friends and its impact <laughs> on society because... I, Okay. Where's that? I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, you may be a Carrie, but I'm a Joey. All right. That's what I am. I didn't
2: see Friends And I watched Friends in College for the first time. I had never watched it. I saw Sex in the City. I saw Seinfeld. I saw the Sopranos before I saw Friends. So it was like a weird oh, wow. my friends okay. in college yeah. were like, You have to watch this. And I enjoyed it, but it I came to it in a weird way. So I feel differently because well, I had other impactful HBO programming.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I I don't yeah, know if I can yeah. relate to you anymore. I, I just don't know.
2: <laughs> My HBO premier prestige television programming, yeah.
0: Well, before we get too deep into this, we have created a rom-com oh. bracket. I kind of thought there were 15 McConaughey rom-coms, but there's only seven. We had to throw in this appearance on Sex and the City as number eight. Uh, I've seeded them by the Tomato Meter ratings. This episode of Sex and the City did not get a Tomato Meter rating, so it's number eight. So, <laughs> oh, so it's number eight. Okay. Fair, it's fair. But we've already okay. done Ed TV, which was seated number six. Uh, so this is part of of the rom com bracket. So we'll we'll come back to that at the end of that's the episode. That's exciting.
2: As someone who participates in fantasy football and March Madness and I'm currently betting money on the playoffs, that that bracket's something I can get into. That's like that's exciting. I would bet money on that. I don't know how you do it with money, but maybe I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just fun. do it for fun, right? That's <laughs> what you're supposed to do, just for fun. Right.
1: We don't have any money to lose here, Amanda. Okay. Just for
2: fun. Just for fun, right. I'm excited for you guys to start filling that out and see where things land so I can argue some points.
1: Would you calm down? No,
2: you know what? I am, I am so tired of calming down.
0: Shut your mouth. Now, we're going to sit here and pray. Today we're talking about Sex and the City, Season 3, Episode 13, Escape from New York. Premiered September 10th, 2000. And also King of the Hill, season three, episode 14, The Wedding of Bobby Hill, February 9th, 1999 is when that came out. Looking for budget, box office, all that kind of stuff kind of came up flat. But these episodes had ratings on IMDb. Uh, Amanda, I recently messaged you on Instagram about a 90-minute movie that you should not watch. (laughs) Uh, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot.
1: Mark, when do you have time to watch these things? What are you watching?
0: <laughs> I don't have kids. So <laughs> IMDB users gave this movie The Man Who Killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot like six out of ten. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so now I don't I don't trust IMDb. I never usually I do. <laughs> because Yeah, because some of my favorites are rated a six. And then this thing was rated like a five point eight or something.
1: Wait, uh, the Bigfoot did better than this episode? Is that no. what you're saying?
0: No, no, no,
1: no. Oh, okay. I Sorry. No,
0: luckily not. Uh, but Johnny if, or Amanda, if you ever have time and you just want to watch a bad, bad movie with Sam Elliott.
2: Well, I love uh, Sam Elliott, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you might not after this. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sex and the City, the Sex and the City episode got a 7.4 out of 10 from IMDb users. And this King of the Hill episode got 8.2 out of 10.
2: That's interesting, yes. because if you think about those audiences and you and the skewing of those, right, because that means King of the Hill fans really like this episode, but Sex and the City fans are you know right? It's not the same people, just interesting That's to think w- about, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just interesting yeah. to think about it's not like it's the same people rating these these, and I think very likely they're not at all the same people, like the only like I feel like a weird overlap. But I'm guessing there's not that overlap as common. So it's just an interesting thing to think about.
1: And do you think that the people that are actually rating are not just like all the people that are watching these shows. It's just the people sitting at their computers and really want to rate these shows. They're the yeah. people who are really invested. Yeah, when have you overrated
2: right? something on IMDb? I haven't. And I watch movies all the time.
1: Mark? Uh,
0: maybe once, maybe zero times. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've started using yeah.
2: Letterboxd. So,
1: what you use oh, a litter good.
2: box? I'm, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I use a litter box, and I write movies on letterbox. Yeah, both. Oh,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I'm trying to get into it because all my friends are into it, and my husband's really into it. I'm trying, but it's just like another app to pay yeah, attention. Yeah, I heard they're to.
0: letting kids use the litter boxes in school. <laughs> that, that just sounds like a lot of peer
1: pressure, Amanda. All right, maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good reason to use it. All right, all my friends are using it. I'm going to use it. I know it's never I the know. right answer. They're
2: like, I want to read your reviews, and I'm like, read my Substack. But <laughs> it's I, I'm getting used to it. It's fun. It, it's it's okay. I'm learning.
0: I have loved reading your Substack. Oh, thank you. It's great. Yeah, um, I recently recorded an episode on retro movie roundtable for Scrooged. And then like five days later, your Scrooge (laughs) substat came out. I was like, damn it, I could have used this. Uh,
2: (laughs) That's one of my all-time favorite movies. So that was an easy one to write, but yeah. What else are you cooking? Oh, well, I'm doing a John Leguizamo month here. I'm calling it January Leguizamo because I couldn't come up with a better name.
0: That's Um, a
2: good one. Yeah, just inspired from sitting in a bar with my husband and a friend of mine in New Orleans, and I was like, what am I going to write about in January? Because I had done so many themed months, and somehow I was like, you know what, I should do John Gosama movies, because I really enjoy him as an actor, so that's what I'm doing. So far, I covered Spawn. I don't know if you've ever seen that.
1: Yes. Frightening.
2: Oh, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, I covered, and... I'll give you a sneak preview of my next one. I watched The Happening last night and I will be writing about that one. Really? Which is an M. Night Shyamalan.
1: Right. Disaster.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Shots okay. fired. Oh All God. Right. Anyway, yeah.
0: Amanda, what are you drinking tonight? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint in a pickle day. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice?
2: Okay, so before I I dumped this all over my kitchen and had to remake it, I'm doing Dry January. So I made what I'm gonna call a Cosmopolitan. Ooh. I drink these, this brand of canned cocktails called Free AF. They're non alcoholic pre made cocktails in a can. And they're a little expensive, but they're worth the money because they have like this patented technology called afterburn. Oh. So it's the only non-alcoholic drink I've had that has like that little burn of like it feels like a burn like you get from alcohol cuz I feel like non-alcoholic really? drinks that's what they're always missing. Yeah. Um so I made a vodka, they make a vodka, they make a vodka, a gin, a tequila and an aperol spritz. So I took a vodka one, fake vodka one and mixed it with cranberry juice, a little bit of lime juice and I have a ton of ice with glitter in it in my freezer from a party I threw, like edible glitter. So there's also mm. glitter in here as well. <laughs> edible looks
3: <That's> great.
1: <laughs> very good. I am glad it's edible glitter because uh, otherwise, yes. stop drinking it.
2: Yes. No, it's not tiny pieces of plastic, <laughs> although I had to convince a lot of people at my party it wasn't tiny pieces of plastic. Um, but yeah, because Sex and the City, you know, made the Cosmo very famous, so I figured I'd lean into that keep it simple
0: well I'll go ahead and say I, I, I made a homemade cosmopolitan amazing I, I love your glass mine is just a martini glass but went all out at the Cosmo Johnny what are you drinking well
1: guys uh, as I remembered I had to be here with with minutes to spare uh, running away from my angry wife uh, I grabbed two yinglings out of the beer fridge <laughs> and hoped I didn't get pulled over that was basically what happened. Um, and my fancy name for this drink
0: is yingling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was waiting for that pop of creativity. I was, I, I like, was like, ooh, like, <laughs> it's
2: going somewhere.
1: <laughs> it's going yeah. somewhere, yeah. Uh, n- well, I'll n- say
0: this. Nope. <laughs> I-, I noticed on my like fourth watch through of this episode, Miranda is on the uh, the electric. Uh, Mechanical bull. Mechanical bull, thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> they are at the Saddle Ranch Chop House on Sunset Strip. I think it's Carrie that says Miranda's had five Lone Star beers. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, she does. She has the five Lone Stars, so you can call them your Lone Stars, which is a really nice touch with it being a McConaughey episode. So right. Yes. He's a Lone Star guy.
0: Lone Star. Well, Amanda, you might remember that I I, I just I have to give a synopsis. But if if the two of you will indulge me, I want to give a synopsis of, of the Sex and the City episode and the King of the Hill episode.
2: Yeah, frame us up.
0: Go. All right, for Sex and the City, in the one episode of the season that doesn't take place in the titular city, the ladies travel to L.A. on the dime of Matthew McConaughey's production company after the company expresses interest in optioning the story of Carrie's love life. McConaughey's probing questions about Big and what is wrong with Carrie aren't the only reminders that Carrie can escape New York, but she can't escape her past. Samantha sleeps with a poet slash dildo model, number one in Canada, and Charlotte tries to solve the mystery of her husband's continually flaccid penis by surreptitiously wrapping stamps around it in the dark of night. For King of the Hill, McConaughey voices the character Rad Thibodeau, or Thibodeoxus, a concert promoter who rolls into town and takes a liking to Luann. Bobby also takes a liking to Rad and shuns his house-sitting duties by allowing Rad to throw a party at Boomhauer's house. McConaughey is absent from the second half of the show, which is just a series of pranks between Bobby and Luann, culminating in Hank punishing Bobby by making him smoke the whole pack, a.k.a. making him marry his cousin. So there's your synopses. Brilliant.
1: Did he really marry his cousin? Because I feel like we need to to pause there and discuss whether or not that's okay.
0: Did you not watch the whole episode? I don't blame you. I do. (laughs) Nope. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right.
3: All right. Yeah.
0: But let's start with season three of Sex and the City. Uh, Amanda, I want you to start a Sex and the City podcast so that I can listen.
2: (laughs) That would be amazing.
0: My wife has watched a few episodes with me. She's like, oh, I know what happens here. I know what happens here. And she's just excited that I'm watching it. And I am a hardcore fan for life. And I want you to tell me everything.
2: I think most men who give it a chance end up really loving it and becoming fans. I don't think I've ever met a man who's tried it and not liked it. You just have to get over the hurdle of like trying it and getting into it and like doing a few episodes and getting the cadence and understanding what it's all about. So that's excellent.
0: If you can get over the, uh, the myth of women enjoying sex, then yeah. you can like, <laughs> yeah. right? you can do
2: anything really. Yeah. 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 I mean, I grew up watching this that, which sounds weird cause I was really young when it came out, but I, my mom was an early fan and watched it every week and when it got to the later seasons, like season five, season six, which I think was about the time I was entering high school, she finally was like, okay, it's time. And I went back and I caught up to where the show was present. So I could watch the last season with her live, which was a really fun experience. Oh, fun. Yeah. And so, like, I watched the finale with her and her best friend and my best friend. And then when the movie came out a couple years later, we all went saw the movie together but it was nice like i had a chance to catch up and watch it with her because it had been something that was like really important to her and her friends and so it was like a nice moment to feel like a grown-up because i think i was must have been like 14 or 15 when it the finale aired awesome yeah so there's like a nice part of that like a meaning tied into there somewhere coming of age and all that good stuff and then it beca- I think like for it does for a lot of people, it becomes like a comfort show and a touchstone touchstone show, unintentional tongue twister. And like most women I know will throw it on and watch it like all the time, just like, again, like a comfort show in the background. But rewatched it through college, rewatched it when I moved to New York City when I was 22. And yeah, it's just kind of always been present, in my life at least. But I think for a lot of women around my age and slightly older, it's been a constant.
1: Well, can you tell me, as someone who um, knows very little about this show, uh, what's the story with Mr. Big? I mean, look at him. I mean, he is such... A great guy. I mean, I don't know anybody any cooler than Mr. Big
2: guy. I... Oh, man. It's
0: just Big, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's Mr. Big.
2: big or Big. Big's like, Oh, yeah. it is? Okay. All right. Um, do you mean quite literally like his nickname or do you mean like overall? Because overall is like a big, as Matthew McConaughey says, says in this episode, it's the central relationship <laughs> of Carrie's right. life. Well, um, that's all I know
1: about it. Yeah, is what McConaughey said. And he's like, well, what the fuck's wrong with Carrie? Yeah, so
2: they're very much like our, like to put it in like a sitcom framework, like our will they, won't they in a way. Mm -hmm. Not quite as won't they because they're together off and on pretty seriously. But she meets him in season one and his nickname is Mr. Big because he's so well-known in New York City circles that they use it sort of as code because his name is like, because she's writing the articles, right? The news, her little column. She so can't use his real name because yeah. he's recognizable. Yeah. So they call him Mr. Big because um, he's like a big shot. So that's like the birth of his nickname and then they just call him that the whole show. And they reveal his real name in the very last episode of the show. Like the last, really? literally like the last two minutes of the last episode, they reveal his name.
1: Is it is it like a huge, just like, shock like is it has it been Rudy Giuliani this whole time
2: (laughs) no 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 he just calls her on her cell phone and like a first name pops up which I can tell you what it is it's not very exciting Jim John oh okay all right
1: as a
0: John I can tell you that's not exciting at all not at all well I was thinking because he marries Natasha in this season yep and there's a whole you know wedding announcement in the New York Times I kind of, I, I want to go back and watch, but I, I guess if you're telling me that it's a big reveal at the end of the series, yeah, I guess they don't say what his name is.
2: Yeah, I think they must wow. shield it or something, but yeah, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's this enigma in and out of her life. Like they get together, it doesn't work. Then obviously season three is like the big affair that they have um, that kind so of ruins both both their lives for a little bit. Um. So he comes and goes like that throughout the the show. So that's Mr. Big, really. I think in the nutshell.
0: I'm. Re- I was really upset.
2: It's a. It's. I, a I went from tough season, but such an important season.
0: I went from a Carrie fan to just wanting to choke her. Like Aiden was perfect for you. <laughs> what are you doing? I
2: will say that most Sex and the City fans aren't big Carrie fans.
0: They are. <laughs> yeah, not That's big pretty Carrie common. Oh, um,
2: okay. Most people are like, again, to quote Matthew McConaughey in this, uh, which is great. He doesn't have a character name because he plays himself. He says, you know, what the fuck (laughs) is wrong with Carrie? That's kind of the overarching theme of the show for a lot of people. (laughs) And a lot of, you know, fans are like, she's pretty self-centered. But I mean, I think that's also the appeal of the show is that all the women are really imperfect in a lot of ways. Um, And I think that was an appeal for a lot of people is to show imperfect women on television. is like, especially at that time, was sort of shocking. So only
0: question really is what the fuck is Carrie's problem?
2: You know, again, season three is like such a it's such an important season to the show because she does. She has this affair and she cheats on Aiden and big cheats on his wife. And it's like, Wow they're doing some horrible stuff and I just, it's like so complex and the way they shoot it and the way she talks about it. So like, she's so filled with like remorse, but she can't stop herself. It's just like a very interesting Mm -hmm. season that kind of changes the course of the show. So great season. Again, I can't say enough, like what a great season for you to like get into it because it's just very important to the whole canon.
1: Is it fair to say uh, that the divorce rate in America could have something to do with sex in the city? <laughs> <laughs> just just putting that out there, you know, as it affects people's lives, as this was... I mean, this clearly is part of the America story arc. Uh, was it Carrie's fault, is what I'm what I'm trying to ask.
2: <laughs> Everything is Carrie's fault. But... I, th- I don't think it was her I fault. I think in, ser- in seriousness, no, I don't think so. I think if anything... I would hope that the show helped people not get into those relationships that aren't right for them from the beginning and to spend time to find the right person, right? Because they're all in their – they start in their early to mid-30s. They end in their late 30s, early 40s. And again, that's like you're not supposed to wait that long to get married and find your person or yeah. not, whatever. So I think if anything, yeah. it would hopefully counter that and let people not rush into things when they're not ready and wait until they're ready, and they have like their person.
1: Well, you're clearly not from the south.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, gonna was, be married
0: twice by. 30. I was gonna say, as someone yeah. who got
2: married last year at 35, very much prescribed to the Sex in the City theory of just waiting it out. So and,
1: and look how happy you are. Clearly, that is
0: some bullshit.
2: Okay? <laughs> yeah,
0: no. no. It was. No, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I loved Aiden so much like as a viewer sure loved him she was right or he was right for Carrie I guess she was not right for him like when it came down to it it was like I was a roommate instead of a viewer mm. and now Aiden wasn't able to come over anymore yeah. and that's why I was pissed at Carrie
2: Yeah I think like, I wanted to hang
0: I wanted to hang out with the dog <laughs> I wanted to talk to him about making furniture
2: Scout you know what I mean like <sighs> Right Scout? No Scouts. Scout is a Steve's, Steve's dog, which is Steve in season three at all? Miranda's? Yes. Okay. Yep. So Steve has a dog named Scout. He ends up naming a bar after. And I get confused because Steve, Steve and Aiden in a later season team up and they open a bar together. So Fine. you do get more Aiden and Aiden and Steve are like buddies and get this like little buddy storyline for them. So. What do you okay. think about Steve. I'm. I like Steve. I'm a Steve. I'm a Steve Brady fan.
0: You're Steve Stan.
2: Steve Stan. Yeah, I love Steve. I mean, I live in Queens. He's a Queens boy. I, I've actually, I actually like Steve in a lot more ways than I like Aiden. And I've always liked Steve more than I've liked Aiden. He, I don't think you've gotten to like everyone's favorite Sex and the City man yet. I think he's maybe four or five season four or five. But until that happened, Steve was kind of. My go-to guy. Mm. Yeah, you're not a Steve. Not a Steve fan. Not here for Steve.
0: But Johnny, I don't mean to exclude you from the conversation because that Steve was not in this episode at all. But y'all go ahead. I, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are y'all talking
2: about?
1: <laughs> Just sip your Cosmos and talk about Steve.
2: I'm having a blast. So
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's impulsive, which ter- turns into like child. Mm. Childishness, which I guess is real life. When you have someone who is that way, there's going to be two sides of that coin. Where there's this, fuck it, let's let's do this. Let's do this thing.
2: Hey, what are you doing here?
0: I ordered his Chinese.
2: I didn't think we were seeing each other tonight.
0: But then there's also like near the end of the season, he's like, Ah, let's have a kid.
2: Come on, I want a baby to be fun. Yeah.
0: And Miranda says we've been living together two months you know like no this is just a band-aid he's like nah we'll like it well it'll be great and then he forces her into getting a dog and then they immediately break up you know i don't know there's just something about him that's just a little a little too childish for me maybe
2: yeah i see that i kind
0: of go back and forth yeah i
2: see that and he his character develops over time And I think that's what's great about this show is like you can see how people aren't right together, but then over time how they may be and then how maybe like just character growth and change. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get that in that season. He is sort of shooting from the hip a little bit at all times.
0: You mentioned that the show is gritty. And I think that's that was probably my favorite part of it, that it's just like, I mean, it's still a TV show, but it feels much more like real life than Friends, as uh, Mm. Johnny brought up in the green room here.
1: That was a, a yeah. shot
0: below the belt, Mark. Take that back. All right? Take that back. But I mean, there's a lot of like, I mean, it's real stuff. It's like there's a a, a woman on her period and she figures that out during sex. These are fucking fantasy sheets. Too grand a set. There are a few things that I, I wrote down that I thought might be like cultural touchstones that came from this show, maybe. Like the sinking of periods.
2: Oh my God. I have my variant too. We're all synced up. I've heard about that happening.
0: The taste of cum being influenced by diet.
2: Oh, is that the Bobby Con Canna- uh, is the Bobby Cannavale episode yeah. in the season? Yeah, such a good episode and really like strong use of Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> like so perfect. He was good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, your spunk is funky.
0: My spunk.
2: Cum, spooge, jizz, joy, juice,
3: funky.
0: And then the term frenemies. I don't know if that mm. had already existed mm-hmm. beforehand or not, but. Just a lot of a lot of like real a real gritty, as you said, yeah, you know, subject matter that maybe uh, you know maybe only belonged on HBO at the time. Definitely, but, yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it that aspect of it, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what was so appealing to people in in the beginning, and as it went on, of just like talking about things that were taboo or talking about things that other shows just don't bring up, and. Mm-hmm. It, I, it makes me think of like really old TV shows, like Honeymooners, or I love like I love Lucy was groundbreaking because they showed a pregnant woman on TV,
0: and I mm. was like,
2: oh my god, a pregnant woman on TV! Like, what will they do next? And it's like, well, Bobby <laughs> Cannavale is going to have some funky spunk, and right,
0: spunk, that's yeah, right. A funky
2: spunk episode. So yeah, just like bringing real life into television has just always been interesting to me and it is technically what I studied in school was television not film so I always find that um stuff Uh-oh. particularly interesting so yeah
0: I <laughs> thought you were gonna say spunk for a minute I was like I studied whoa, spunk whoa, and whoa. I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I was, like, I was just gonna say, but you're like, an English major. I,
2: uh, well, I double majored in English and Spunk. No, I'm just kidding. I double majored in English and Communication Studies with a minor in Spunk. So that is how I. That's how I did. So I, I studied poetry and creative writing, and then I also studied Communication Studies with like a focus in Television uh, History and Creation and stuff. So I was busy. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry. I,
0: <laughs> just the way you have been. T- I was like, "All right, she's coming with a joke about minoring and spunk." And like, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> all right,
1: you, you guys have sold me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this show right now. I'm really deep into Love Is Blind, Sweden, but uh, when it's done,
2: amazing. Sex in
1: the City. That's what
2: I'm doing. Amazing. Uh, I hate to play the narrow urethra
1: card, but I'm not gonna be able to stay in here too long.
2: Yeah, there's, I I was thinking that when I was watching this episode in particular, I was like, wow, there's two, every episode has so many iconic things and I I don't know if it's because we all watch them so much or what, but I was like, there's two things from this episode alone that I quote all the time and I was like, I say that all the time and then also there's a very famous fashion, there's always famous fashion moments throughout the show. Um, the costumes were done by Patricia Field, who was like a New York City fashion icon. She used to have a store on the Bowery that I used to shop at and has since closed, which is really sad. But I I digress. But, um, and the scene where they step outside the standard so Carrie can smoke a cigarette, she's in the two-tone shoes. One shoe's blue, one shoe's pink. That was like a huge fashion moment and she now has her own shoe line and she just referred to those shoes by doing a two-tone collection like last year two years ago or something like very iconic fashion moment so I was just watching it and I'm like oh my god every episode is like has just so many classic moments and you just talking about season three you're like wow it's stacked it's not that many episodes and it's just stacked with stuff so
0: it is
1: what are the two things from this episode that you quote? Um, the,
2: it's not, I don't think it's one other people quote that often, I will say. But when <laughs> she's smoking and the guy's like, it's a no smoking floor. And she goes, I have an addiction, sir. I say that yes. to stuff whenever people are telling, like, whenever someone says, like, You know, maybe you shouldn't have another drink Or like whatever it is I'm doing I have an addiction, sir I have an addiction, sir Um, (laughs) And then the other one is uh, Is a McConaughey line Where he gets up and he says That's bullshit, Carrie, and you know it And his like full Yes McConaughey (laughs) yelling tone Um, I I love that one too So those are my two from this episode
1: That's
3: bullshit, Carrie, and you know it
1: Getting.
0: I'm acting.
2: It's so good. That them being in L.A. is such a nice touch, um, and they really go over the top with it to really make it seem like the antithesis to New York City, which is really fun and really over the top.
0: So I wrote down three examples. Maybe y'all can help me add another one or two, where they, they talked about the differences between New York and L.A. One, they said in New York, the release of a new book would be celebrated, and in L.A. is the release of a new line of sex toys. Yes. <laughs> Another example, in New York, sex is bottom shelf paper bag, all hidden. Okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, Versus in L.A. where it's very open. One example is that there was a woman that they thought was a prostitute who was actually a lawyer for Disney. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And then Samantha says at brunch, she's handing out uh, dildos as gifts, She says, please, it's L.A. No one cares if your egg whites have a side of cock. Right. (laughs) Uh, Bottom shelf paper bag versus just very open. And then there was the smoking versus non-smoking.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the smoking. And then also Miranda's like little storyline where she is talking to this guy. And he's like, wow, it's so nice to talk to someone who's like smart and and funny. Mm -hmm. But then this woman with like fake tits walks by. And he immediately was like, okay, see you later. And they talk a lot <laughs> right. about that. Yeah, yeah. That's her like little storyline about how like sex is very upfront in LA. She's like, I don't even have to use like my wit here if I don't want to, so.
0: <laughs> Which led to her like ripping her shirt open at the mechanical board. Correct, right? yeah. On the mechanical yeah, board. Yeah,
2: that was her like little arc.
1: I'm going to LA.
2: You'd never make it in LA.
1: I hope I never make it to LA. Done.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes L.A. seem like really particularly vapid, which is super fun. You know, like they check into the hotel and there's a male model in his underwear like behind the desk as in like a fishbowl. Anyway.
0: So, Amanda, this was a little bit of a different episode because it was in L.A. Mm -hmm. I noticed late and went back and rewatched. There's usually a moment in the episode when Carrie realizes – like, this is gonna be the topic of my column mm. this week. And she goes in and she types it out. Like, are are women, are we really just sluts? Or are can, can men really be blah, 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 blah?
2: Right. Which led me to wonder if the two weren't, in fact, inextricably linked. And if so, can there be sex without politics?
0: We didn't have one of those this episode. So they kinda usually spoon feed us the uh-huh. central thesis like through that like log line. But I I would say that for Carrie anyway, this is about escaping her past.
2: Yeah. Right. And what you're witnessing is the show breaking away from that trope because they do start to do it less and less as the show goes on. She still does the voiceover. um, And you're just supposed to assume it's tied to the column, but it's less and less obvious or less and less like on the nose and there'll be episodes mm. where she's like laid on a column and she has to write something and it's part of the storyline. But to your point, when you say spoon fed, it becomes less that way as the show goes on. So you're like, wi- like in season three, I think you're witnessing that happening in real time of them slowly steering away from that process. So that's interesting you noticed. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was looking for it. Like- but I
2: would say, yeah, the thesis was a little bit like they were all trying to escape something they kind of realize and I think because you watch the next episode which is also in LA they realize by the end like they can't escape their lives they can't escape who they are at their core and who they are at their core are New Yorkers and they go back home like totally over LA I
3: love LA love it
0: do you feel dreary gray and miserable or is that just me <laughs> I but was like at this moment.
3: I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I'm that sorry. Great. That's how,
1: <laughs> like, how curious wow.
2: starts out the episode. <laughs> um, actually, we just got snow for the first time in 700 days um, today. Well, real snow. So oh, wow. we've been in a snow oh, wow. drought here where we haven't had any snow accumulate over an inch in 700 days. And we just broke that overnight last night and we had like an inch and a half today so i'm actually a lot of us are actually in really good moods today because our past two winters have been so depressing snow's really the only thing you have to look forward to in the winter (laughs) you know or do you not know because you're in the south
1: um so when you say an inch That will shut down all businesses
2: for a solid week. I was going to say, an inch feels like so weak sauce here. But yeah, we had to get over an inch for it to even count here. Um, It was a drought under an inch, which is so funny. Here, like when it's winter and it's just overcast every single day and it's raining, it's it's just not the vibe. So for us to get some snow was exciting. So anyway, today, no. Normally in January in New York City, yes it's pretty what was the quote new york city dreary gray miserable or was that just me ain't new york city it's cold and it's down yeah
1: okay yeah sorry i'm just going to insert this here mark if you want to put it back you can uh, I, yes. I didn't want to interrupt you amanda uh, however usually when someone says something like uh, a drought under an inch i would have said that's what she says <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. That is a drought. You, may, you may continue. <laughs> That's
2: beyond a drought. <laughs> do you know the average woman is only five inches deep? Is that written on your placemat or something?
0: We're, we're like avoiding talking about McConaughey because he's only on screen for two and a half minutes. But
2: I think this is like the only opportunity you'll have to talk about him playing himself, though, right? As Whoa. you do this?
0: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I think he narrates a documentary. Okay. That's about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's pretty meta in this episode. Like he's playing himself. And I think that's really fun and interesting because it's so over the top and he's aggressive and he makes himself kind of sleazy and he makes himself kind of like, it's just, it's just all very interesting choices. I feel like
1: that's how you know you really made it in life is if someone can cast you as yourself. Well, and I was going to ask
2: you guys about that because I was like, was he that big of a deal? Because this is a year before uh, the JLo movie, which I consider mm-hmm. his like big moment, like his Hollywood hunk moment. And I was like, maybe I'm forgetting something. So I went back through like the IMDb just to like double check. And I was like, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. what, I didn't, was he that big of a name then to do that?
1: I mean, he was getting there. Yeah, th- I would say that, Mark, what was his breakout? What would you call his breakout?
0: Well, so I just read, reread Greenlights. He talks about how, Mm -hmm. obviously, a time to kill, right? Mm. That was when his stock was at its highest. Yep. And he decided, I want to do artsy films, thoughtful films. And then his stock just tanked. And that's what led him to do Wedding Planner, Mm. where they were offering him uh, above market pay. Sure. And he said, it's a Saturday morning film playing a Saturday morning character Easy going, like I'll take the money. Sure. You know. Yeah. So this is kind of he's known, he's known enough. But, but he,
1: he didn't deserve this. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: I don't know. It's just two two minutes and 45 seconds on screen. So.
1: <laughs> but it's sex in the city, man. Like, no, that's true. You guys are sitting here making an argument that is bigger than friends, which I'm not buying for shit, by the way.
0: <laughs> but I, I mean, it's sex in the city. It counts. Yeah, Amanda, you said aggressive, that he was aggressive. Mm. So the notes I wrote down were like he had his leg up on the table, like crouching Carrie's face. And then when he crouches down, he's got his arms around her chair, like in her face. He beats his chest. He's got this weird blue toothpick in his mouth.
2: Yeah, it's super physical. The whole scene is like really physical.
0: I really wanna fuck you, baby. We are animals. Man, woman,
1: walking the earth. We're made of head, heart, and loins. We're talking about using them. Am I right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he plays him. He plays it so like hyper-masculine, which I, I, I. It definitely must have been a choice with him, and then like the team because that was an important part of the episode. Was like her trying to. Mm-hmm. Come to terms with some things, but yeah, he's he's so aggressive. He's like,
0: "I want to fuck you, Carrie." She's like, is this you? Yeah, she goes, "Are you acting? Like, are you, <laughs> you
2: acting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you acting?
1: Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Whatever. Come on."
2: <laughs> and it's I. I always thought it was interesting that he was up for the role of big. Like they're like, "Oh, he's going to play big because you know Chris Noth is big, which is like just not McConaughey energy." And so I always think that's like a funny just nod in the show about i don't know hollywood and casting and things like that but i right. thought your note mark was so interesting in the show notes for this that they had considered warren Beatty prior yes which is so and you different can see,
0: <laughs> you can see sarah michelle geller say warren you can she, yeah you
2: can see her whisper it yeah so which is crazy because i've seen the episode so many times and i'm always wondered why I like her lips were in aligning with what she was saying in like the, the ADR, and mm-hmm. now I know. Him. So I learned something.
0: He's so smart and sexual and blah blah blah. You talking about Warren yeah,
2: Beatty? <laughs> what? Why would he want to be involved? Because he's smart, hot, hottie, hot. Yeah, so it's an interesting switch up from Warren Beatty to McConaughey. But
0: I think my favorite part of McConaughey's performance is when he says, "We are animals, man." Woman. And then he does this thing with his head. He goes, walking the earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, throws his jaw out. We're made of head, heart, and loins. Yeah. Just, it's, it's I know. Just, I was
2: like, how much of this was scripted and how much of it where they were like, just go off. Just do you. Just be you. It just
1: sounds like him, though. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah does. Yeah. That,
1: that'd be, that's a good tattoo. Head, heart, and loins. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right, bud. Let's go. There it is. That's it. That's (laughs) your podcast tattoo. Yes. No no neck tat. Whatever. Your wife would literally crucify me with tattoo needles if I let you get (laughs) on your neck.
1: (laughs) Shoot. Well, there's only one way to find out, Mark. Come on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Too good. Thank you,
3: Matthew McConaughey.
1: You're welcome, Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) Well, we have to be home by Christmas so we can stop or we can go to a truck stop
0: and chow down like real truckers.
2: Chow down like real truckers! Sponsored by Bucky's.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, as we leave New York and L.A. and settle ourselves into Bucky's home state of Texas, let's talk about King of the Hill. Uh, This King of the Hill episode focuses on romance, similar to the Sex in the City episode. Uh, the, I think one of the, the first line is, we, we learned that Boomhauer meets a woman on the internet. Meeting a woman on the internet. How do you like that? We learned that Luann's last boyfriend died in a propane explosion.
2: <laughs> we do. Uh, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, uh, uh, and, and much of the first half of the episode is about Rad. And- mm-hmm.
2: I, I loved the way he was pronouncing his own name. Probably yeah. the funniest <laughs> part of the episode for me, to be honest. Thibida. Thibida.
0: <laughs> I pronounced, at the end of the U571 episode, I mispronounced Thibidao because because of how bad In a Good it? Way McConaughey <laughs> mispronounced. I said Thibidao. It's Thibidao. <laughs> um, but yeah, they pronounce it, different people pronounce it different ways. Yeah. Throughout the episode. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like Luan says Thibidae. Ox Bobby says Tiboday yeah. Ox. Yeah, yeah it's different different pronunciations. But I think my favorite or funniest moment for me was the way Rad would say, pleased to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, did you not watch this episode at all? Dude.
1: I watched Yes, I did. I watched where where Rad was in it.
0: Okay, all right. Yes. Yeah, like when he introduces himself to somebody, he says,
1: <laughs> Hey, their partner name's Rad Thibodeaux. Pleased to meet you.
2: It's so good. I didn't catch that, to be honest. Neither did but I. I was really... Okay, thank right. you, thank you. I don't know. I was really taken by the animation and the pacing and how quiet of a show it is. Mm. And I, I watched it as a kid. But I haven't really watched a lot of it over the years, and I was just like, "Is this what it was like?" It's a very quiet show. Did did you guys not feel that same way?
1: It is. It's quiet. It's it's kind there's of no slow like, pace. noise. Right.
2: Right. Like they didn't have a foley artist I mean, on. I mean, there, now right? that you it's say it, it's just the characters speaking. Like, there's no like paper rustling. There's no cars going by. There's no. I don't know. I Maybe because I watch Big Mouth now, which is like really like produced animation. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot going on. I just was like taken by that. And so then when I was watching it, I was just sort of like almost distracted by how quiet and calm it is. It's not a negative. It was just, I wasn't expecting mm. it, I guess. It's like watching early Simpsons. And you're like, yeah, I guess this is what it was like. I just uh, <laughs> don't remember. Uh, yeah.
0: I grew up in a Christian household. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons.
1: I was not okay. going to say that out loud, but I'm glad you did.
2: Are you saying I'm a bad Christian? Is that? <laughs> not you
1: necessarily, okay?
2: Right. Who's your parents? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was watching Sex and City at a pretty young age, so I get it. Um, right. Okay, so you didn't watch Simpsons until much later in life then?
0: I haven't watched Simpsons at
2: all. Oh, ever interesting.
0: With me growing up, my older cousin let me and my other cousins watch Seinfeld one time, or not Seinfeld, let us watch The Simpsons one time at my grandparents' house in the basement, and it was a scandal. <laughs> And I mean, as I've been exposed to The Simpsons, it's like, I mean, it's adult comedy in that for most of it, you need to be an adult like to get the jokes, but like, it's not, it's not that scandalous. No. Right? I mean. And certainly not King of the Hill. Help me, God! Yellow. Hello, Homer. This is God. Brie Jones from the TV magazine show Rock Bottom. Free haircuts. Did you all yes. pick up what the deal was with the free haircuts?
1: I just thought he was, you know, stalking <laughs> a small child.
0: That's that's what I figured was happening. <laughs> well, there was a banner that said free haircuts.
2: I miss that. Again, I was so taken okay. with other aspects of this show. I was like barely following the plot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I just know he wasn't there for the free haircuts. He was there to figure out what was going on. All right. What's yeah, that's one on. of the first things he
0: says. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he's getting his haircut because I, oh, you know, I'm not here for the free haircuts. Yeah, and you know,
1: I'm not really here for a free haircut. <laughs> I'm here because I like to check up on what's happening, what's going on, what's now. I got to tell you, baby doll, you're very now.
0: And there's a banner that says free haircuts. I mean, who's giving funny. free haircuts? I was
1: hoping one of y'all had picked up on it. Not someone who knows how to cut hair.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. She's learning.
1: All right, I was oh, hoping that know?
2: would go somewhere. I was no, y'all knew I no. What was going on. <laughs> no, but as you speak about Luann, I actually had meant to look up who voices her. Do you guys know, or should I look it up?
0: I don't know. I just no love. Idea. My the
2: wife voice told me yesterday. On it. My wife. Oh, it's Brittany Murphy. It. That's it. I was That's like, it. God, I love this voice. That makes so much sense to me because the whole episode, I was like, oh, I just love the voice, the acting. Really, really good. Like stand out good to me, and that makes sense. That it's someone we know, and I think a lot of people adore. So that makes sense to me.
1: And an Atlanta native, let's just say.
2: Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Google just told me. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> Always there when I need you.
0: What a clueless character! Just
2: <laughs> when she's got the sound horn for the hairspray, and she does it twice. <laughs> yes. spot on yes. spot on like tries it a second time yeah spot on I yeah. Yeah. You know it's interesting like the, the pace like the whole pacing of the episode how it just lands into like a prank episode I was like oh okay we're here now <laughs> <laughs> we're here it was like two me.
0: different episodes with like this weird yeah. band-aid in yeah, between yeah it was
2: like they got Matthew McConaughey for like two hours and then they're like well we'll finish the episode this way <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I love uh, McConaughey Rad. or Rad asks uh, Lou uh, "Do you have a lover?" She goes, "You know, I don't <laughs> even have a boyfriend." <laughs> and it's like, oh,
2: and then when uh, he's throwing the house party, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> "What?" He asks her. She's like, "You you shouldn't throw a party when no, when somebody doesn't know that you're throwing a party at their house." And he's like, "Why not?" And she's like, "Um, wait, I think I know." And she's like really trying to work it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm yes. not a self proclaimed genius, <laughs> but I know that you shouldn't throw a party at somebody's house with when they don't know about it, unless you ask about them. I'll ask about so it first. Or, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. She really was like it was a I, I, every scene with her. I just loved so much, and I was like, okay, that's like a standout for me is is her Brittany Murphy. Amazing. That was the one. Yeah, sorry to blow over McConaughey, but I just was so taken with that character and with her and everything. So, yeah.
0: It was a lot of fun. I noticed a few like Southern isms. I don't know if they're actual Southern isms, but uh, that were spoken by Rad. He said, you know, in, in the industry, the entertainment industry, a man is only as good as his word, so you keep it. <laughs> he says, if you break it, the freebies dry up like a puddle in the sun. <laughs> And then later, when his beer is going empty, he says, "My drink is on the south side of the oh, levee."
1: Sh- so my beverage is on the south end of the levee. <laughs> you know where Boomerang keeps his spare <laughs> <What>? <laughs> They yeah,
0: you know, they were trying to make it, make him like, like yeah. McGuire, I guess, just smooth, charming, so Southernism. I actually you know.
2: don't know how cartoons are made. And hear me out where where I'm taking this, please. In the fact that, like, you can't really ad lib, right? Because they draw. I'm just going off of what I've seen in Mrs. Doubtfire. They draw the cartoon first, and then you speak to the mouse movements. Or do do you do they record the actors first, and then they do the drawing? Do they do it simultaneously? And the reason I'm asking you guys this is because Sex in the City, he felt very much like he was ad libbing as himself. But to your point, if they're trying to do some mcconaughey mm-hmm. but it was scripted and that's why it feels weird because he couldn't quite... I guess my point, my thesis, if you will, is does he come across as McConaughey-esque in this or does he feel a little bit tethered back because he can't... It's a cartoon. He can't emote and that's so much of what he does is that physical acting. It took me a second to get there. I'm going to err on the side
1: of... Yeah, no. Uh, I'm going to err on the side of it's scripted, yeah. and uh, and he is yeah. bound to the script. Mark, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Of course, I mean, we're talking about like a '90s cartoon, right? How much real can you really infer from the lips moving? Right? True. I mean,
2: especially <laughs> that's true. there's kind of like a Nutcracker anyway, yeah, especially right? Like the animation that um, what's his face Mike Judge does is cho- is like choppy by nature too. So mm-hmm. that's a good point.
0: Boy, Bobby's <laughs> body just <laughs> looks, looks like pin. an eggplant <laughs> on, to, on top of two little sticks. What does in, that a, mean to in that An boy? adult man's face? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <it's> so funny. <laughs> Side note: We're gonna make fun of Bobby here. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's the yeah, it's the animation. I mean, I, yeah. It's on purpose. He's like 12. He's starting to come into himself, but then he's, yeah. That, he's just,
2: that was a, when, speaking of the animation, of when they're in the hot tub and uh Hank is shirtless and he's got like his farmer's tan. That was something I so, I remember uh-huh. so well, so strongly from a, a kid watching that show. He's like shirtless in every episode and he's got that severe... 10. <laughs> and i don't know why i remember that so well i think maybe because it's when i turned learned the word redneck possibly so it's just like burned in my memory
0: mm. like the sunburn yeah. on hank's yeah. neck yeah. yeah
1: i do take that as a as a personal <laughs> hit as as a man of the south uh, <laughs> re- you can retract that <laughs> statement
2: I was just, I just was learning about rednecks. I feel that that was me learning about the culture (laughs) and (laughs) non-offensive. It was then solidified by Jeff Foxworthy, I'm sure.
0: If you've ever been too drunk to fish. Mm. Oh yeah. Foxworthy. You know, I'll say when Rad is giving Hank the AOL CDs. Yes, I wrote
2: that down too. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he gives a little <laughs> which I recognize from Days Confused when he says you got a joint <laughs> it'd be yeah. a lot
3: cooler <laughs> if you did yeah. it was like this, it was like the same little just yeah. little
0: little laugh it'd be a lot cooler if you did
2: <laughs> yeah I wrote that Fine. down too because I was just like oh man AOL CDs taking me back <laughs> a bit. bet <laughs> yeah
0: if you say this so rad at AOL.com <laughs> sent you, I get 10 free hours. Yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. those were the days. Yeah. Anything else you all want to say about uh, either performance?
2: Um, in terms of McConaughey performance, I think I prefer the Sex and the City one if that was not obvious, but I have a deep affinity for that program, so...
1: Yeah. I agree. I think it was the superior spot. It was more fun. Yeah. yeah. And
2: I think it was fun to watch him play himself. Red sucks. It's just silly. Especially because we talk a lot about him. Like on the last episode I did with you guys, and we talk a lot about his like isms, like his McConaughey isms, because he's very much mm-hmm. the type of actor where he hasn't really always disappear into his roles, but that's why we love him and that's what he's good at. So I think it's nice to see him play himself. It's like it's like the culmination of all of the things that people love about him. So I think that's fun.
1: I think that's a really good point that you you can see McConaughey through most of his, his roles, right? Like, yeah. like you said, he doesn't just like become that role. Like it's he's still McConaughey. Yeah. We never fall
2: for it. That's what we love him for.
1: No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: He's like a leading man character actor. <laughs> let's get
0: down to the underbelly of these two characters, and let's figure out why they're so fucked up. Mm-hmm. We also love him for being shirtless. Was he shirtless in either of these no. performances?
2: He's buttoned up yeah. and drawn, and drawn with a shirt.
1: But yeah. he, was, he was still very sexual True. in Sex and the City, like, very, Crotch very face. much so. Yeah. Just
2: that yeah. take the place of a shirtless clip.
0: I don't know if it does. I just wanted to point <laughs> that out. You know, even though he was aggressive in that, I I don't know that Carrie ever felt unsafe. Oh, um, I think she
1: felt unsafe 100%. She wanted to get the oh, hell out did? of there. Oh my god. Yeah, like nope. She she was uncomfortable. I I don't know. I'm not a woman. Amanda? Yeah, I think how did she's, you read that? I
2: think she's freaked out. <laughs> But there's also a part of her that thinks it's funny. I don't know if I guess she probably feels like safe enough, but she definitely doesn't want to be there anymore. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it's like a real threat to her, but it's definitely uncomfortable, sure, definitely uncomfortable time to go,
0: yeah, yeah. I felt like that was more because he was getting to the heart of the matter, right with
2: why is Carrie so her and up? big
0: and what's wrong with her?
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> classic, yeah. Because that's basically why you watch the show. Why is she so fucked up? The people want to know. We never quite answer it.
0: I want to know. I just hope Aiden's happy somewhere.
2: Just continue on your uh, journey.
1: What do you like so much about Aiden? Tell me about Aiden, Johnny. Mark.
0: What? Johnny, he's <laughs> perfect. He's perfect.
2: <laughs> he's a furniture designer. Pick, picture
0: furniture the perfect fans. man. Picture the perfect man. That is Aiden.
1: He's in front of me, Mark. You're right in front of me.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) His name
2: was Aiden Shaw. He was warm, masculine, and classic American, just like his furniture.
0: No, Amanda. Yeah, why is he the perfect man to put you on the spot?
2: Well, I was just like, is he the perfect man? I know some women feel really strongly about him. I am Aiden neutral. Mm. I find him positive. But I think he gets cast in that light because he loves her more than anything. So, I think it's less about yeah. him as a person and more about how much he loves Carrie, which is why I think it's like problematic sometimes for women to hold him as the be all end all because I don't think your how much you love somebody trumps like some of your personality. do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? This is getting kind of philosophical for me, but I feel like I'm in therapy or something, but you know what I mean like I just feel like. <laughs> he gets ca- like put out as this this perfect man but he he loves her no matter what which is great but he has his own shortcomings i think people overlook so but he's stable he's kind kind of low bars be honest
0: low bar did you say low bar
2: to be stable and kind
0: <laughs> oh okay all right <laughs> okay.
2: uh, I was like, like, I mean, I think so but. Okay, okay
0: <laughs> Okay
3: <laughs> I'm with you, there.
0: I thought you were saying that Aiden was nothing no, special No, in, no, but no, I, I, no, no Yes, no, no I, I understand, I but. understand <laughs> No, I was a little like anti-Aiden at the beginning Because he was like, oh, I can't date you because you smoke I, you know, I won't date you yeah. because of this but then but then I'm like, well, I mean, that's actually great. I mean, just say that stuff up front. Yeah. I don't want to be a jerk, but I I can't date a smoker. I, again, I've only seen season 3, but he was honest with her and was very
2: Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm colored by some later stuff a little bit. But I think season 3 in a vacuum, yes, he's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right.
2: I'm not, a, I'm not a Mr. Big fan, though. Don't get, get me wrong. I'm not somebody that prescribes to that either. I'm not in, in any strong factions there.
1: Well, who was the right person? I got to fucking know now.
0: Johnny, you you, you got to watch <laughs> season three. Because I think both of us would would take a shift to him in the shower. I mean, like. Where's Paul Bunyan? Ooh, he's a big one. That's where he learn a will like that.
2: How many drinks have you had?
1: Not nearly enough. I don't. I don't know. I don't like his face, Mark. I don't. Yeah. No. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. He can go to hell. Yeah.
2: Well, not, I'll be excited to hear your review of the later seasons because there's a lot more to come for both those characters, <laughs> Big and Aiden, and Big and Aiden and Steve. These are all key players for a while. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. To jump back to the shirtless <laughs> thing, we do see Dale's ass in a in a thong. Um, just want to put that out there and I mean something. we have the dildo yes <laughs> yes we do giant dildo like 15 inch dildo oh my god
2: oh dildos before 10am I'm all perked up and that dildo is in a couple scenes and has some good screen time the props department was like we're only making this <laughs> if it's in the majority right. of the episode <laughs> Garth with the girth classic sex in the city pun. People make fun of the show for its wordplay, but I like it. So That's great. what are you gonna do?
1: Really, I'm the number two silly model in the US. Number one in Canada. My dick's bigger Canada.
0: Well, Johnny, did you uh, find any wisdom in either of these performances? Did you find a McConaughey? <laughs> I just wanna meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something. There is in life, isn't it? I hate to put you on the spot because both performances were, were short.
1: They were. They were short. Um uh, I, I feel like both of them have uh just a, a hint of sexual weirdness in them. I, I, I didn't I didn't like how uh you know, he was kinda hitting on Luann there in mm. the uh in the chair. Kinda freaked <laughs> me out. Uh, and, uh, the way he attacked Carrie also freaked me out. So, uh, I think that my McCarty <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> don't be weird.
3: <laughs> don't don't good.
1: be fucking weird. How, how about you, Mark? Uh,
0: I, th- I think, Thank I think I liked, I mean, aren't we all just head, heart, and loins walking around this earth, man, you know, mother, yeah. mother, God, like, like, that
2: too,
0: right. So that's my...
2: Did you say Mother God? Are you watching that?
0: No, but I've heard enough (laughs) about it, so (laughs) I know that she died from having too much colloidal silver or whatever. So
2: Uh, she died of alcoholism, colloidal silver, and Mm. starvation. Who is that? It's a cult show. Robin Williams'
0: ghost talks to her, and because
2: he's a galactic, and he tells them what to do. Mm. and he said she couldn't eat anymore.
0: Johnny, f- you watch all this stuff the stuff on Netflix f- exactly. i have seen this. I thought you would, yeah.
2: It's a cult program. Cult documentary. I love cults. And this one might be one of the craziest ones I've seen, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think this is top top billing.
1: Wait, what a, what about twin flames? All right. That one's still at okay, the top so of my list. Okay, so I watched I really- those
2: like back to back. I'm going to put I'm going to put Mother God just above. Just above. Yeah.
3: What? All
1: right. I'm looking it up right now. um, Sorry. The footage
2: they have, which is crazy, like, of her body and the galactics and stuff is crazy. Crazy town.
1: (laughs) Okay. Y'all keep filming this show. I'm out of
0: here.
2: I'm watching Mother (laughs) God. You have to. It was like she
0: had to be a certain weight before she could ascend. Right? That was the thing. Yeah. To
2: ascend. Mm -hmm. Robin said... But Robin, 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 yeah, like Robin, Robin Williams Robin <laughs> comes down in the UFO to collect her. So,
0: all right,
2: <laughs> Johnny, this is all real. <laughs> anyway, we've digressed. We've digressed. Sorry, I,
0: yep, y'all.
1: Sorry, I'm out of here.
2: It's perfect.
0: Amanda, do you have a, a McConaughey? Any wisdom? Any favorite lines?
2: I I'm gonna stick with the one that I've had for years, which is that's bullshit, Carrie, that's and you bullshit,
0: know. Carrie, and you know it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. And you guys have been doing a lot of macabre movies. Um, yeah, I think if I if instead of doing affirmations or something, I just yell that to myself once a day in the mirror, I'll maybe get my act together in life.
1: Boy, I hear you.
2: Motivational.
1: <laughs> that is motivational. That's
2: bullshit. <laughs> and okay. you know it. That's the. That's you know the. It. That's the piece <laughs> right there. That's what makes it powerful.
1: We should make t-shirts, bumper stickers, maybe. Yeah, them no. <laughs> so on kids' backpacks.
2: I, I, I need a Head you know? Heart Loins sticker for my daily planner, for sure.
0: We need some merch.
2: <laughs> okay, there's your, yeah, I was going to say, your first merch launch.
0: <laughs> Mark's like, yes. I'm going to spend 12 hours designing <laughs> a sticker. Books. Nobody's ever going to buy it. So. <laughs> well, folks, we need to review these performances. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we we are quite <laughs> quite deep in, quite into the chatty. episode here. But Amanda, you you may recall, uh, I know you've listened to some of our other episodes. and you know, we we try to pick a review metric that is is fun or insightful or what have you. I was thinking for Sex in the City, one suggestion would be cigarettes. One out of ten cigarettes. Do you have any suggestions?
2: I was thinking dildos. Dildos. But. Okay. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yes. I didn't want to be. 15 inch dildos. Thank I didn't want to be inappropriate. That's where my head That was, was. my number two. Uh. Um, dildos.
2: De- definitely for this episode. Cause that props department, they, they did the thing.
1: That was pretty spectacular. So are we going to rate it on inches or number of 15 inch dildos? we don't want to be in a drought here or anything (laughs) Uh,
0: just say you got options
2: well I think the the
0: dildo really does look like it's 15 inches so maybe we do number of dildos okay 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 Uh, I'll go first please I think sex in the city is my new favorite thing ever Uh, 10 out of 10 10 dildos out of 10 dildos, all 15 inches. Uh, as far as oh wow, McConaughey's Damn. performance. He <laughs> yeah. rolls
1: 15 dildos. Okay. Just right up there.
0: Sorry. Um, McConaughey's performance. <laughs> when I first watched this like six months ago on YouTube, I was like, this is weird. I don't like this. What is this? But I kind of understand it now in the context of the time, in the context of the show. I I like it. I like what he did. I can. I, he did these things on purpose. He made choices. He was directed in a certain way. I like it. Uh, I'm going to give him eight out of ten giant dildos. Amanda, do you want to?
2: That's where I was going to land was eight dildos as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, to your point, I think... Where it lands in the season, um, what's going on, the episode being in L.A. Like, there's a lot of context around it that I think really works. And I, I like someone that can kind of portray themselves maybe not in the best light and have fun with it. So mm-hmm. I'm going eight out of ten.
0: Johnny, how many dildos you got over there? Uh,
1: Well, multiple. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, more than one. I... I'm with you guys. He's a high amount of dildos. Like that's a lot of dicks. Um, okay. Eight is good. Eight and a half is weird. <laughs> you just don't want to cut it. Uh, so I'm going to go with nine. And, and only because, again, he was mm-hmm. playing himself, right? But he did. He made fun of it. I feel like he really just like made a character mm-hmm. out of himself and had a good time with it. Uh, it was It was fun to watch. I wish I kind of wish we had more what of is it. that?
2: Like 135 inches? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I was not a math 19, major, so I don't know. Have... Jesus. Yeah. I
1: don't feel inferior or anything. I feel just fine.
0: Uh, all right. So for the uh, the King of the Hill episode, I thought we could we could do free haircuts. Uh, they were drinking Alamo beers out of champagne glasses. So we could.
2: I almost forgot what you were talking about. That we're going to do dildos again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh, hold on. Are we doing dildos yeah, I again?
2: Confused. I was like, "What is he picking?" We can do dildos um, again,
0: but I thought we could no, mix it up a little bit. Free haircuts, Alamo beers. Oh, we
2: should do. Um, can we do? We should do the birth control pills. Okay. I like that. I know we didn't get into that. That but sounds. The whole episode hinges on that. Very so. toxic. Main plot device?
0: Luann thought that All right. if she didn't if, take a pill every day, she'd get pregnant.
3: Do
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: want to make it political? <laughs> yeah. We can do it. Yeah, All, birth birth control control
3: pills.
2: Pills. All right.
1: Birth
0: control pills. All right. Amanda, do you want to go first?
2: Oh, um, I'll give it, I'm going to give it five birth control pills. I almost went six, but that feels generous. I think there were some moments like how he pronounces the name I think is funny. There were a couple funny things, but I don't feel like his character and the performance like add anything to the episode. And like we said, the episode kind of spirals off into something else, doesn't impact the characters in a major way. So I'm going to go five.
0: This is McConaughey's performance? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: Are you shocked? Do you not grade him that low?
0: No, no. I'm just I'm just asking. <laughs> you do sound very disappointed. Mark. I know. Like,
2: I feel like I'm in trouble.
0: Well, I would have made a good father, I think.
2: Just... He's like, I'm not angry, but I'm disappointed. Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> Are you sure that's the right answer? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> well.
2: I thought six felt too generous, and we don't seem to do halvesies, so. you can't do half no. a birth control pill. Uh, I,
1: I want to go ahead. <laughs> You could, it just doesn't do any good. <laughs> Everyone knows that, all right? You only come out with half a kid then. Uh, I, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give it two, uh, and I feel like I'm being generous. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Not a big fan. Nope. Something about the whole show gives mm-hmm. me the willies, so uh, that's how I feel about mm-hmm. that. So, <laughs> just look at Mark's face. <laughs> two for
0: McConaughey's performance?
1: I mean... I didn't even see him. How'd I know he was there, Mark? Oh
0: didn't even get to see
1: his face, not
0: once. All right. Well, I enjoyed how he, he used, <laughs> okay.
2: All right. I enjoyed how he. <laughs> sounds so nice now, see? Ooh,
0: uh, he used like his normal voice, but then like dropped it a little bit. It was. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. Well, you see, in the industry, man is only
1: as good as his word. So keep it. You know, nobody's going to know that you are a man who keeps. His word, Talk yeah, both
0: both in octaveness and energy, and so it was still McConaughey. You still had mm-hmm. you still had some of that in there, but I thought he did a good job like, hiding it enough. I, I mean, I was going to give him six and a half. Uh, now I feel like a loser, but uh, I'm going to stand strong. Six and a half dildos. I mean,
2: that's not far off, that far off you from should. a five. It's okay. I think. We're like pretty closely aligned, no? Because I almost gave a six. I
0: mean, you basically said what you you were very what? you were very <laughs> anti six, and jo- and then Johnny comes in with a two, <laughs> and I don't even know. I wasn't an- <laughs> Mark, you can't it trust my opinion new. on Ooh. anything.
1: I, okay, I, <laughs>
2: I felt generous. I don't know.
0: No, I'm just being I'm just being overdramatic. I I, I enjoyed what he did <laughs> with the voice. It was just like Sex in the City. There wasn't much there. I'm giving it six and a half
2: dildos. (laughs) See, back on the dildos. Told you. Oh,
0: sorry, no, six and a half.
2: (laughs) I told (laughs) you.
0: Mark's got (laughs) dildos on the brain.
2: (laughs) Birth control pills. Birth control
0: pills. Six and a half birth control pills. (laughs) There we go.
2: If you want to stick with dildos, I was open to it.
0: No, I just forgot.
1: (laughs) And six and a half is plenty. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise.
2: The pills or the tilts? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was talking about the pills, but you know. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I, I've got a journal entry for us tonight. Hmm. Yeah, Mark. That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. So it's going through green lights, and he talks about this, this period in his career where he kind of loses his shine a little bit, didn't grab onto the next big role, and is is uh, moving on to the wedding planner where they're going to pay him a lot. And he he pays a hotel $120,000 or $160,000. He's like, just give me the key. And so he moves in, and he's just living a party lifestyle in Hollywood. The quote that I kind of grabbed onto in this section of the book was, you know how it is when you're up to nothing, no goods usually next, and I think that's a better way of saying what my associate or assistant principal in high school said, like "idle hands" or the devil's workshop or whatever, you know. Which oh. I don't like the way that that's phrased. Yep. So, yeah, I prefer <laughs> when you're up to nothing, no goods usually next.
2: Hmm.
0: That's what I got it's for you.
2: To think about.
0: Can we talk about the pizza box now? Which one? <laughs> well.
1: I feel like we had idle hands one night, Mark, and we found a pizza box. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can talk about that
0: on the air. I'm just, I'm just, just probing. Yeah, we've yeah. Actually, Johnny, what are we watching next time? Wedding planner.
2: That's right. So fun. Have either of you seen it before?
0: I know I've seen it
1: with a girlfriend at some point. Surely.
0: Is this the one where? There's a couple in a restaurant and it says, uh, "Shit, to get off the pot," and so I'm proposing.
2: Um, no. <laughs> okay. All right. right. This, nope. This this one plays with cheating a little bit. What? To be honest. What? More? Well, J Lo is the wedding planner for Matthew McConaughey's wedding. Oh, that's right.
1: Yes. Yep. Oh.
2: So there's some.
1: home wrecker. Yep.
2: Yeah, there's some vibes in there. Mm-hmm. And also JLo's character doesn't like to eat brown M&Ms and picks them out. And that has stuck with me. Or maybe it's blue. But either way, it has stuck with me as annoying behavior. So have fun. <laughs>
0: God, <laughs> women, am I my right? my key
2: takeaway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. enjoy.
0: But yeah, Johnny, that's going to be another, uh, another part of our rom-com bracket. I'm excited, man. I want to see who wins. I think we know.
2: <laughs> it's right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh,
0: Amanda. Do you have anything that you want to plug right now besides ninety-minute movie, which is phenomenal?
2: Um, that's pretty much. I'm kind of putting my full weight behind that at the moment. So that's it. I'm plugging away over there and just writing, and I'm trying to make TikToks. It's a nightmare. TikTok. I hate it. I hate TikTok. <laughs> It's a nightmare, but every time I do it, not every time, but like every three or four videos, I get more followers on my Substack. Yeah. So it's working. I just, it's uncomfortable yeah. for me. Um, So I'm on TikTok at the 90-minute movie, very easy, and then the 90minutemovie.substack.com. minute And yeah, I'm just putting my full weight behind that. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got going on.
0: Weren't you and your husband talking about Reviving uh, the podcast oh. that y'all do together,
2: yeah.
0: Uh oh, is that a sore <laughs> sore topic? Yeah.
1: Way to bring that up, Mark. No, no, <laughs> okay, all right, no. All right. We're just no,
2: no, no, no. We just haven't. It's just not a prior. It's not a priority, so we haven't yet. I'm um, focused on the Substack, and we are working on a new script together. So we're focusing on writing. What? At
0: the moment. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us yeah. again.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you really are an honorary third guest host every episode. Uh, Thank you to our listeners. Thank you uh, to those who follow us on Instagram and TikTok, Mastering M-Pod. Send your adulations, corrections, and hate mail to masteringmpod at gmail.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail, 505-750-9426. You can listen to Johnny, and his wife, Lizzie, on their smash hit podcast, The Modern Real Estate Agents. you find a link to that in the episode description. You can always, if you feel like it, leave us a five-star rating, counteract that two-star rating that Johnny mentioned last episode, uh, share with your friends, and we'll catch you next time as we discuss The Wedding Planner. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Amanda, you wanna say bye?
2: Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone.
0: I was like, shit, (laughs) Margaret.
2: I was like, am I supposed to say something? Well, goodbye, everybody.
3: What? I just wanted to say you don't have to worry about me because I'm never going to have sex.
1: Oh, Bobby, now don't say that.
3: I thought that's what you wanted.
1: Well, yes,
0: if you were my daughter, but you're my son. Bobby, every woman has a period uh, of time every month. Even Mom? Bobby, if we're going to get through this, you cannot ask me questions like that. I tell
3: you what...